Hello, grace and peace. We're taking Anarchy to Church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. I'm Jeff Park, a.k.a. the Solo Amarillo. And I am not joined with Josh, a.k.a. Iowa Cat, not joined by or with Josh, a.k.a. Iowa Cat today, uh, because he is off reading The Hobbit to his children like a real father and um and so i'm sorry i believe they're out of the hobbit and in, in uh, the lord of the rings like an even better father uh so uh i am i am doing a solo cast as is my contractual obligation uh, to uh to fulfill my my half of the solo casts from this january where we're less available uh, to uh, record together. And um, uh, and so I wanted to uh, really punch back on on Patrick's trolls. That's that's what I'm here for. So um, uh, so if you're a, a close follower of uh, the great Bob Murphy, you'll know that this little known podcaster once, uh, had him on his podcast, and that and that's really his only claim to fame, other than being frequently mentioned on our podcast. And that's Patrick from Cave to the Cross Apologetics, <laughs> of course, a fantastic show uh, that I can't even keep up the kayfabe to uh, uh, to say is anything other than fantastic. And um, but Patrick got a comment from from a guy named, but not well identified as Chad, um, who, uh, who says, premise one, if God's plan of salvation was to send the Messiah to die for the sins of the world, then Old Testament prophecy, nope, then Old Testament wouldn't prophesy an end times restoration of the animal sacrifice, sacrificial system. Premise two, the Old Testament does prophesy an end times restoration of the animal sacrificial system. And then he cites some passages, which is helpful in such a, in such a case. Jeremiah 33, 18, Ezekiel 45, 17 through 22, Isaiah 56, 7, Isaiah 60, verse 7, Malachi 3, 3 and 4, and Zechariah 14, 21. Then he says, premise 3 from 1 and 2, Therefore, it is not the case that God's plan of salvation was to send the Messiah to die for the sins of the world. Premise four, if it is not the case that God's plan of salvation was to send the Messiah to die for the sins of the world, then Christianity is a false religion. Conclusion, therefore, Christianity is a false religion. So, that those are the premises. So, uh, I went up and I both both immediately, uh, well, I guess I didn't actually say this. Iowancap immediately said in the chat, which this is the chat in our secret Discord. Uh, in this case, in the uh, hashtag anarchist Bible study uh, channel in the uh, in our secret Discord, which you can access all the channels. We're generous that way. Each and every one of the channels, uh, and there are, I don't know, 60 of them. Um, you can access each and every one of those channels for just $1 a month at buymeacoffee.com slash flyover. I needed all that 
uh, vamping and lead up to not say flyover.com slash coffee or something, uh, which is what I always want to say in these situations, and to rather say buymeacoffee.com slash flyover for just $1 a month. You can be in our secret Discord. Um, and uh, and uh, raise exactly these kinds of questions, answer exactly these kinds of questions, um, and receive even more posts about educational freedom from me than you would by following me on Twitter at jparkyyc. Um, so, uh, and then and, and then Patrick did what you do in these situations and uh, and mentioned. Uh, mentioned Hebrews and that uh, Jesus is the fulfillment of the sacrificial system, which is correct. Uh, But then the poorly named Chad uh, says, if the book of Hebrews is correct and the sacrificial system was fulfilled, then the prophecies of Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and Isaiah were incorrect. You can choose to reinterpret those prophecies for the sole purpose of harmonization, but that's not an intellectually honest approach to understanding scripture. Do you acknowledge that the word burnt offerings refers to animal sacrifices? And then he quotes Ezekiel 45, 17. It will be the duty of the prince to provide the burnt offerings, grain offerings, and drink offerings at the festivals, the new moons, and the Sabbaths, and all the appointed festivals of Israel. He will provide the sin offerings, grain offerings, burnt offerings, and fellowship offerings to make atonement for the Israelites. So he he all capses burnt offerings and atonement. Uh, and I, I'm not exactly sure why he thinks providing atonement is something that Jesus couldn't fulfill. I, on a very superficial level, get what he's saying about burnt offerings, but it is very superficial as we will see. And then he says, Jeremiah says the Levitical priest shall never lack a man to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings. That directly contradicts the claim of Hebrews that the sacrificial system was fulfilled in Christ. So let's go ahead and start there Start there conceptually. If Jeremiah says the Levitical priest shall never lack a man to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings, and that's not fulfilled by Christ, then it's already obviously false right because the sacrificial system did end so what his real claim is is not that there's there's a prophecy of in times reinstitution of the sacrificial system he's claiming that there was prophecy that the sacrificial system would never end which is interesting because this is quite parallel and we'll see just how parallel this is quite parallel to the promise that David would never lack a man on the throne of the house of Israel, which is repeated, doubled down on and stated in the least wiggle room (laughs) uh, allowing terms in the books of Chronicles, which are written after the exile, after that promise that David would never lack a man on the throne is, if not fulfilled by great David's greater son, already 
obviously unfulfilled because there was a time of exile in which David left a man on a throne. And now in the restoration, these are not Davidite kings. Um, and so, uh, and yet it is in that context in the books of Chronicles that, that it doubles down the most inescapably on this prophecy that David would not like a man on the throne. So obviously in that prophecy, the scriptures seem to, uh, seem to be arguing that it is that, and it is that Christ is the fulfillment of uh, that promise to David. And, and that's why even when it, already would have looked broken, it can be restated, stated all the more strongly, um, actually more strongly than, uh, than when it's given to Solomon in first Kings. Um, and so, so yeah, it's, it's, um, so that this argument on its face, you should, you should have a sense from, uh, your knowledge of the scriptures, as, as Patrick did, knowing to go to Hebrews here, um, you should on on its face, um, from your knowledge of the scripture, know that this this argument is weak. But let's let's dig in a little to uh, these verses he cites and see if his claim that they're about a reinstitution of the sacrificial system, and therefore they can't be about they can't be being fulfilled by the Messiah. Let's let's just see uh, let's just see if that holds up when we look at the verses he offers. So the very first one he offers, and and we we dug in here because it's it's the very last one he comes back to here, is uh, Jeremiah thirty three, and he he cites verse eighteen. Let's back up just a little bit more (laughs) um, to verse 14, where it says, Behold, the days are coming, declares Yahweh, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. And the Levitical priests shall never lack a man in my presence to offer burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings, and to make sacrifices forever. So, very much so, these prophecies are linked. David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. Levitical priests shall never lack a man in my presence to offer burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings, and to make sacrifices forever. If this isn't, if this isn't fulfilled by Jesus, it was already unfulfilled when 
when the very exile that Jeremiah is prophesying takes place. Um, but isn't it interesting that the context is in those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up from David, uh, for David. Um, if you've been following our Revelation series, you know, um, actually, um, I, I believe this did come up in our Revelation series. I believe it also came up when Patrick uh, guested um, and uh, gave us some guest exegesis of of um, uh, John twenty. I want to say um, anyway that uh, Jesus. No, John twenty eight. I can't remember how many chapters John has or else I'd be able to count backwards. Um, sorry. Um, but whatever, whatever that passage was uh, where uh, um, I know maybe it was 20. Anyway, it doesn't, you can look it up listener. Uh, and, and so can I actually, but I won't rather, I will, I will just say when Patrick came on our show, I think these were episodes eight and nine or seven and eight or somewhere in that range when he guested on our show uh, and uh, gave us some guest exegesis on Jesus before Pilate, I, I know it came up then. And I, and, and also I I'm almost positive came up in the revelation series that this, this righteous branch is of course, Jesus. Um, and, uh, and obviously this righteous remnant that will spring up out of David is great. David's greater son, Jesus. Um, the Lord is our righteousness um, is uh, uh, is or, or Yahweh is our righteousness that 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 Yahweh himself would provide us an alien righteousness that that we can take on ourselves. This is, of course, fulfilled by Jesus. And of course, that it says, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel's Israel, and Levitical priests shall never lack a man in my presence to offer burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings, and to make sacrifices forever. The reason he can promise both of those is that they're the same person. It's all Jesus. So far from prophesying a an, an old covenant return or a, a new covenant reestablishment of of the old covenant sacrifices, um, which Hebrews does say are passing away and, and becoming irrelevant, becoming obsolete. Um, uh, and that they, they are fulfilled by Jesus says explicitly, no, that's, he didn't, he didn't make that up. He got it from reading his Bible. This is, this, this is what Jeremiah is saying so let's look at the next one see if see if we do any better ezekiel 45 and was that all was that 17 yeah um and um so that says it shall be the prince's duty to furnish the burnt offerings grain offerings and drink offerings at the feasts the new moons and the sabbaths all the appointed feasts of the house of Israel. He shall provide the sin offerings, grain offerings, burnt offerings, and peace offerings to make atonement on behalf of the house of Israel. And, um, and then 
so here's the interesting um here's the interesting part about that um I've lost, I've lost the uh, the dead giveaway that this is also about Jesus. <laughs> um, there's there's a dead giveaway here. Um, that um, um, that this is that this is fulfilled by Jesus. Um, so, man, um, I've lost it. And this is this, this section on the prince, this, uh, this, this prince who will lead the sacrifices. Okay. Like combining, combining royalty and offering of sacrifices. Almost like a, a, a priest king. Interesting. Um, so, so, so that, that's, that's already pretty suggestive, um, uh, that, uh, that this is about Jesus. I'm not going to give away too much about future chapters of revelation, <laughs> which are going to make it even more clear that this is about Jesus. Um, but, um. But this is, um, hmm. oh, yeah, so. Note, note here that the immediate vision following this is, um, I went back, I saw on the bank of the river, very many trees on the one side and on the other. They said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah and enters the sea. When the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be very many fish. This water goes there, that the waters of the sea may become fresh, so that everything will live wherever the river goes. Fishermen will stand beside the sea from Engedi to uh, to an egg lame. Sure. It will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be of very many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But it's Swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will already be left for salt. And on the banks, on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for, for food. And then catch this. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail. 
but they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. That should sound like Revelation 21, like the new heavens and the new earth. Um, and, and so it's, it's also, so um, so uh, anyway, and 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 another indication I, I'm 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 still not finding the the drop dead easiest way, but hang with us and you'll get more of it when we're in revelation. But, um, uh, but the, uh, uh, this is, this is, um, uh, it also says that it is a, sorry, this is what I was going to say that it also says that it is a, it is a perpetual ritual. It's a perpetual sacrifice. I found that while I was looking um, for what I for what I wanted to do here, um, and um, um, that it, that it's a that it's a perpetual sacrifice. Um, so. Uh, so again, either, either this, <laughs> um, either this was sort of already broken by the exiles, by the Roman conquest, by, um, by the dispersion, um, by AD 70 or it's fulfilled by Jesus. Um, and um, and so um, anyway, anyway, but then, but then it's not wrong then to, to point out that Hebrews is very clear that the entire sacrificial sentence, all of it, not, not parts of it that will be left over, not parts of it that will come back with the restoration of a temple with animal sacrifices, um, that, that all of it was fulfilled in Jesus. And that, and, and so that, um, in, in attempting to go back to Judaism, you have nothing to go back to. It's been fulfilled, um, all of it, every part of it, by Jesus. There is not going to be this reinstitution. So I'm going to stop uh, struggling through this and, and just because, because it gets even more clear with some of the other passages he himself chose to cite here. So um, 
Isaiah 56. You might be a little bit familiar with Isaiah 56. Um, uh, and, uh, and if you're not, then it might be handy to get familiar because what it's specifically prophesying here, I'll just read it. Thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness for my salvation for soon my salvation will come and my righteousness be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord and to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain. And I will make them joyful in my house of prayers. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of, outcasts of Israel, declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. So. And this is about foreigners, primarily, uh, and eunuchs who are in many ways set apart from the old covenant. Um, and it's talking about their inclusion in all of the things of the covenant in all of the um, in, in that that us foreigners did not miss out on the sacrifices the sabbaths the um, the 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 holy mountain the house of prayer um, that that God's house truly is a house of prayer for all peoples, including you and me, because we are being brought into this covenant. That's, that's, that's the force of it. That's, the, um, that's what's going on here. This is, of course, fulfilled in Jesus, who drives the money changers out of the temple, saying, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples, because he is about to fulfill this by being their burnt offering and their sacrifice. It's, he didn't have to be burned to be a burnt offering. He's fulfilling a type. <laughs> He's fulfilling a type. The burnt offerings were a type of Christ that he fulfills in his ultimate sacrifice that brings us into the family of God so that, so that we're not left outside the gates, so that it truly is a house of prayer for all people. Um, and um, 
And so that zeal for his father's house consumes him. Um, and, uh, and they did tear down the temple and he rebuilt it in three days, bringing in, making it truly a house of prayer for all the nations by bringing in Gentiles like you and me. Uh, I can't speak for you, but, but me. Um, and, uh, and so now the reason I say it might be handy to uh, know a little bit about this in our day and age is not just because of that. And that's wonderful enough, but um, we are unfortunately because of the ideologies prevalent in our day and age, producing eunuchs again. We didn't produce eunuchs as a society for a while. I mean, not intentionally. Um, and and the vast majority of, of eunuchs were, were uh, due to some uh, accident or some, some medical uh, catastrophe or whatever. Um, uh, and, and certainly it's, it's not unfair to uh, say that there's a medical catastrophe going on with the eunuchs being produced today, but but unfortunately, um, their production is not accidental, um, and uh, and so we are going to have eunuchs who come to Jesus and are going to feel like they're a dry tree. I'm never going to be able to have children. I'm not going to be able to be what what God intended me me to be. I'm not going to be able. I'm not going to be able to be fruitful and multiply. I'm not going to be able uh, to be a full member of this community where where it is assumed in most it, it rightly assumed that that most followers of the Lord, His will for you is to get married, have children. Um, and, uh, uh, and gospel up a family. Um, it's, uh, and, and so we're going to have people who come to Jesus, who are going to be eunuchs and they have this great promise. They, they need not say I'm a dry tree. Um, they it, they will be given in God's house and within his walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters and given an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Their, their legacy is not over. Heartless men in our crazed culture tried to end their legacy um, but just as the, the Davidic kingship can't be ended when, when God's plans are for it to be eternal and the Levitical line can't be ended when God's plans are for it to be eternal, your line can't be ended when God's plans are for it to be eternal. And, and, and God has a an a a sweet plan better than sons and daughters everlasting name that can never be cut off that's not guaranteed for the name park it's not guaranteed 
I have four kids. Two of them are boys. I should stand a good chance, but um, the last name redacted uh, <laughs> of Iowancap uh, with five boys should be even safer, but neither of us are guaranteed that our names won't be cut off, except that we get to be part of this covenant. And that's part of the promise is that, is that you will have spiritual offspring even sweeter than the physical offspring. And, and that promise is going to be a good one to have on hand as more eunuchs come to Jesus. As one of the first foreigners that we, that we see come to Jesus in the book of Acts is a eunuch. He's reading Isaiah 53. He's about to get to this passage and, and about, about to see the wonders that, uh, that God has for him uh, to, to not have to say, it in agony, behold, I am a dry tree and, and I, I, my name is cut off um, that, that, that God has restoration planned uh, for the eunuchs who keep his covenants, uh, which is by following Jesus. So uh, keep, keep that one in your back pocket. The first, the first uh, seven, eight verses of Isaiah 56. Um, uh, yeah, eight. Uh, and of course, by the way, uh, um, Yahweh God who, who gathers um, the outcasts of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. This, this is uh, very evocative of, of uh, have either he or not of this fold who, uh, and, and, and the, the inbringing of the Gentiles, which is obviously being referred to foreigners are explicitly mentioned. Um, and, uh, and so, um, so anyway, so that, that, not so much about the reinstitution of a burnt offering system. Quite a bit more about Jesus coming and bringing in the Gentiles. So let's let's see if the next one he cites gets any better. Um, oh, I I, uh, I just had Luke Luke nineteen up here um, because oh right because in Luke nineteen right before the uh, Luke, Luke deals with the cleansing of the temple the most quickly, I think, because he wants to put right before it. Um, and when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Uh, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold saying to them, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. So this is, um, this is, 
Jesus predicting the fall of Jerusalem right before he cleanses the temple. And one of the um, one of the one of the things so we know from the parallel passage in, in Matthew 23 that one of the things he's weeping over um, is that that he would have he would have loved to have gathered their children. This is to say the 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 followers of the Jewish Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. He would have loved to have gathered them under his wings like a um, like a hen gathers her chicks, but but they, the Jewish leaders, would not um, allow them to come. So he's um, so so he's he's predicting the downfall of Jerusalem uh, uh, because because of this um, hardness of heart, and then seeing. Also, that it that is um, supposed to be a uh, a house of prayer for all the nations, um, but that it's been made a den of robbers. So these are um, these are united ideas that that um, um, of uh, of of Jesus's desire to to here fulfill this and and extend this um, to the Gentiles, that, that you've got a you've got the the rejection of of Jerusalem proper of the temple of of of, of let's say typical Jerusalem, the type of Jerusalem and the type of the temple in favor of of. Uh, of his fulfillment of those and uh, which involves the, the inbringing of the Gentiles. So, um, so anyway, that's, um, I had that pulled up just to connect to that last passage, but then, all right, so let's move on to the, the next uh, very unaptly named Chad's uh, uh the next uh, passage that he cites here. Um, so, right. Did he, was, was he just citing verse seven here in Isaiah 60? Um, yeah. Isaiah 60 verse seven. Um, so I'm going to go a little further back. Um, to the beginning of chapter 60. Um, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see they all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah. 
and all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense, and they shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister to you, and they shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will beautify it in my house. So, um, and, and I'll keep the who are these that fly like a cloud and like doves to their windows for the coastland shall hope for me. The ships of Tarshish first to bring your children from afar, their silver and gold with you, with them for the name of Yahweh, your God, and for the Holy One of Israel, because he has made you beautiful. Foreigners shall build up your walls and their king shall minister to you. For in my wrath, I struck you, but in my favor, I have had mercy on you. Your gates shall be opened continually. Day and night, they shall not be shut, that people may be, bring to you the wealth of the nations with their kings led in procession. Um, and it goes on um, like that. So this is the, the inbringing of the nations, the, 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 the bringing in of the nations into Jerusalem, um, and and the and the acceptance of their uh, the the acceptance of them on the altar of God, so um, so that the uh, so that the again he's seeing this as a for some reason, a reestablishment of the old covenant sacrificial system. No, quite the opposite. What, what's being foreseen here is, uh, is the, the inbringing of the Gentiles. Um, and, and that again, they're not being brought in as if they're alien from the covenants and the sacrifices they're being brought in by the sacrifice of Jesus um, so that they are, they're fully grafted in. And this is so much the case that this is referring to the Messiah that, um, that it has been included in a, in a, uh, a little song that I believe you will agree, has as its theme the Messiah. Let, 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 let's, let's take a listen and see if we uh, see if this sounds familiar with what we've just read. Thank <laughs> you. 
that not the part where uh, it also in the Messiah says, uh, and the nation shall come and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Okay, anyway, that I thought that was there too. That was part of why I kept kept letting it play because obviously those are the first three verses of of this of this passage. Um, and um, and if you don't think that's about the Messiah, then you just can't handle the truth. Um, and uh, yes, I did just play a lot of music, but um, I uh, believe that it is now all passed into the public domain. Take that, Viacom! Can't give us a strike for this. So that's a deep cut for those of you who have watched every uh, preambling, I think. Anyway, um, okay, so again, the, the pattern we're seeing here, um, not about a reinstitution of the uh, old covenant sacrificial system. It's it's about Jesus and specifically his inbringing of the Gentiles that that is in view in these passages that are being misinterpreted um, by this poorly named so-called Chad um, uh, being misinterpreted here uh, to be about a reinstitution of a, the sacrificial system, which which is completely for and we're, look we're not we're not having to jump to the new testament very much i mean um we're not having to jump jump to the new testament for this um we we, we could be doing this without jumping to the new testament if you know <laughs> what the new testament claims jesus accomplished and read this it's obvious that uh that this is about the Messiah and about the inbringing of, of the Gentiles um, uh, by, by his sacrifice. That's what it's about. So, okay, let's go to the next one. Uh, Malachi three, three and four. Um, but once again, I'm going to start at the beginning of the chapter um, because reasons behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And Yahweh, whom you seek, will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. So, so this, rather than the inbringing of the Gentiles, is about is about how there will be some kind of a messenger preparing the way of the Lord, and and then Yahweh, whom you seek, will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, 
comes. And uh, isn't that interesting that Yahweh did come to his temple? They were supposedly seeking him, and they were surprised by his appearing. Um, and uh, and anyway, so this is uh, this is clearly, clearly also a reference to the Messiah, and. I once again can back that up with a little bit of music while I once again drink some Mountain Dew. So yeah, it's interesting. In these little YouTube videos, they cut out those little uh, transitional uh, parts that are actually part of the verse. That's the main refrain uh, because because that's also um, the Lord whom you see shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold. He shall come. Anyway, um, not the best singer, not exactly my, uh, uh, the best, uh, the best kind of uh, range to show off my pipes there, but this is all for Patrick and he likes it when we sing on stream. So there you go. Um, so, um, So anyway, yeah, so we have um, 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 <clears throat> so we have a uh, one last. One last passage here. Uh, anyway, we we see that these are these are so clearly about the Messiah. <laughs> um, uh, these are so clearly about the Messiah that they're literally being sung in the song called the Messiah. Um, so, um, so a a, uh, a poor. Uh, poor argument here that insists that these have to be about a uh, reinstitution of the old covenant sacrifices. Very much not how the new covenant writers see them. Even Paul um, refers refers to himself uh, as uh, as giving priestly service by presenting. You Gentiles um, 
as uh, as holy unto the Lord uh, or or something to that effect. Let me um, let me find that. That's Romans. Uh, is it one, two, two, twelve? I'm gonna actually, yeah, it's it's twelve, isn't it? Um. Because uh, that's where he calls you to be a a living sacrifice. But is it where he says that I see myself as having this priestly service? I guess not. Um, so. Uh, Um, oh yeah, of course. Um, so anyway, um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and, and find that passage. But anyway, even Paul, uh, refers to himself then, um, as, uh, um, as, as being um, as offering priestly service in bringing Gentiles in to the covenant, essentially. Um, so, so he definitely, he definitely, that's how he understands it. Um, hmm. Is it not in one then? Um, I, I, I'm almost positive it's in Romans that he makes this argument because part of the entire argument of, the, of Romans is how is the, how is the inbringing of the Gentile? How does that work? And that's, and, and so I am, I'm quite certain that it is in Romans. Um, but I evidently do not remember where. Um, is Romans 1 and Romans 12 are the obvious <laughs> places for it to be. Um, but... Uh, Wait, was it in three? Um, you're just, you're watching Jeff do what he would normally be doing while Josh is talking and finding, <laughs> finding the passage that, uh, uh, that he wants, but without Josh talking and without me having decided to have done this because I, I did find another passage I wanted, but uh, but not this passage while I was playing uh, while I was playing the Messiah. Um, I uh, uh, I didn't I didn't find uh, I didn't find this one. Um, 
because I I hadn't actually decided decided to go here, but I think it is important to to see that that it's not just Hebrews actually. It's it's a it's that this is this is how the new covenant writers see it is is that the the uh, the bringing um, the bringing in of the Gentiles is uh, um, is the fulfillment of um, is the fulfillment of or it, it is at least closely tied to the fulfillment of the sacrificial system because it's fulfilled in Christ but that but that yeah the the uh, um, it's important that the Gentiles are uh, um, are not brought in as if they are alien from the sacrifices and the covenant, right? Um, and so, uh, let me find the exact words though, and not try to put weight on things he doesn't quite say. Um, So I've just skimmed through what just happened. I just crashed. I just crashed my uh, Google Chrome by trying to quickly skim through all of Romans. <laughs> um, um, and uh looking for this passage because I am quite, quite, quite sure that it's in Romans. Maybe it is the end then of Romans. Um, so oh, here we go. This, this makes sense. 15. Here we go. Yeah, sorry, 15. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written you, uh, written to you very boldly by way of reminder, because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, Paul's saying that you still can't, <laughs> you still can't be right with God without the sacrificial system. The Gentiles still need the sacrificial, uh, you still need burnt offerings as it is. And, and, and you know you still you still need um, you still need the the sacrifices and the and the and the covenant you still need that to be right before God but it is all fulfilled in Jesus Jesus is Jesus accomplishes what the blood of bulls and goats never could. Um, and, and, and so it's, uh, and so it's, uh, it's, 
the gospel of Jesus that makes the offering of the Gentiles acceptable. In other words, allows them peace with God. Um, so, okay, that, that was a, uh, a long walk for a short trip, but um, I did think that was important um, to, uh, to sort of wrap in there what, what Paul says before we hit this um, very last one. Now, here is why I emphasized earlier this this uh these rivers flowing out i why i wanted to um that was in ezekiel 45 i wanted to i wanted to talk about that that vision that followed the the uh the prince um and and the reason for that is this passage here in zechariah 14 so um let's see so, um, and, and which, which one did he want to cite? He just wanted to read, um, 21. Um, but if, again, if you start a little earlier <laughs> on that day, there shall be no light, cold or frost, and there shall be a unique day, which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night. But at evening time, there shall be light. On that day, living waters shall flow out from Jerusalem, half of them to the eastern sea and half of them to the western sea. It shall continue in summer as in winter. And the Lord will be king and Yahweh will be king over all the earth. And on that day, the Lord will be one and his name one. The whole land shall be turned into a plain from Geba to Rimon, south of Jerusalem. What is turning into a plane? Well, first of all, uh, the whole land being turned into, into a plane should remind you of the the forerunner John the Baptist, who who makes the way straight, who makes the high places uh, low and the low places high, and, and and flattens out. But then, obviously, this is symbolic of did I um am I uh, no longer Oh no, there I am. Sorry for lack of video, those of you video watchers. I'm not I'm not trying to antagonize you just because I like I like the pure listeners better. Um <laughs> uh sorry about that. I uh um uh I'm having issues that I will soon fix with uh um with my phone, which is what I have to record on to to make this work. Um but uh, uh, but anyway, um, so uh, so obviously, obviously the idea of uh, the whole land being turned into a plane is that is that there there's no separation any longer. There's no there's no bar barriers. There's no right. That's the, um, that. Uh, it's it's like the people are being made one people that that rather than uh because that's that's often what would have divided up nations and kept people from from being able to make themselves into one people is is geographical barriers um you know you you could 
get into a car and because uh because people blew holes into the sides of mountains and laid flat roads everywhere you want to go or because you can hop in a plane um you might not appreciate the the, that before all that (laughs) um these natural barriers were often what would what would keep peoples from being able to intermingle <laughs> um, uh, in, in any sort of easy way whatsoever uh, is, uh, and so, so it's, it's the idea that they can be made into one people now without, without these natural barriers. Uh, but Jerusalem shall remain aloft on its site from the gate of Benjamin to, to the place of the former gate, to the corner gate, and from the tower of Hananel, uh, to the king's wine presses, and it shall be inhabited, for there shall never again be a decree of utter destruction. Jerusalem shall dwell in security, and this shall be the plague with which the Lord shall strike all the peoples that wage war against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall rot while they are standing on their feet, their eyes will rot in their sockets, and their tongues will rot in their mouths. And on that day, a great panic from the Lord shall fall on them, so that each will seize the hand of another. And the hand of the one will be raised against the hand of the other. Even Judah will fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the surrounding nations shall be collected, gold, silver, and garments in great abundance. And a plague like this plague shall fall on the horses, the mules, the camels, the donkeys, and whatever beasts may be in those camps. Then everyone who survives of all the nations that have come against Jerusalem shall go up year after year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feasts the feast of booths and if any of the families of the earth do not go up to jerusalem to worship the king the lord of hosts there will be no rain on them and if the family of egypt does not go up and present themselves then on them there shall be no rain there shall be the the plague with which the lord afflicts the nations that do not go up to keep the feasts of booths feast of booths this shall be the punishment to egypt and the punishment to all the nations that do not go up to keep the Feast of Booths. I, I, I didn't just repeat that. That's repeated in the text. Um, and on that day, there shall be inscribed on the bells of the horses, holy to the Lord. And the pots in the house of the, of the Lord shall be as the bowls before the altar. And every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holy to the Lord of hosts. So that all who sacrifice may come and take of them and boil the meat of the sacrifice in them. And they shall, and there shall no longer be a, a traitor. Uh, ESV says, I'm convinced that's probably a Canaanite. Um, uh, and, and part of the reason I'm convinced of that is because of what I think the passage means um, in the house of the Lord, of the hosts on that day. So this is a, different prophetic way of seeing the same thing there is a a uniting of all the peoples and turning them into the people of israel um and 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 he's seeing this in a in a in a violent way which for for the people who do not accept christ it will be um but he's seeing this he's seeing this as as uh uh as the the Canaanites being wiped out, but see, it's it's not it, it, it's not quite so simple as all that in the sense that 
um, they're being called to go up and worship the king and, and, and Yahweh of armies in Jerusalem. Well, how can they do that? <laughs> this is foreigners, foreign nations. How can they do that if, if they're not being brought into the covenants and the sacrifices? Um, and so uh, so yeah, th this is uh, um, so this is what's uh, this is what's going on with uh, uh, with this passage as, as well actually it's 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 actually uh, pretty simple to see, but then they, you've got one little hint here that I think uh, so there are so the plate the 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 um, the plate on the high priest's chest says holy to the Lord um, and that's that's used a couple other times a anything anything being consecrated um but uh but that's what um that that's what stands out to me is that it's the plate on the high priest's chest that says that and uh and it says it'll be on the bells of the horses um holy to the lord which I'm going to admit I don't fully know, but the, the but horse I assume this is talking about the horses of the armies of Yahweh. It, it, that that seems to be the picture based on based on this passage. So that um, so that this 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 purifying of the peoples. Um, this this bring bringing in of the Gentiles by <laughs> um, by the vanquishing of those who will not worship the king um, uh, is is part of Jesus's high priestly work, and the one time that it's it might seem might seem odd um, that the Bible uses this phrase holy to the Lord uh, and it's the only time it's used this this exact phrase holy to the Lord is used in the new covenant scriptures um, is in Luke 2 where it says Um, where it says, uh, and when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought them up to Jerusalem. Sorry, let me, let me go back one verse because just clarifies in case anyone had any doubt. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel when he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to Yahweh. As it is written in uh, the law of 
Yahweh. Every, um, or no, actually, sorry, this is just, this is just curious, um, of course, but uh, I, I forgot, forgot for a second that I'm reading Luke, as I just told you, uh, to present him, to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, uh, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. So you've got, you've got the invocation of this phrase, holy to the Lord, then they're, they're offering a sacrifice. Um, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons um, because they're poor. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and so, yeah, anyway, if you know your New Testament, you know what's coming. Uh, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him, according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Um, so, so he sees it. He, he gets it. Simeon, Simeon understood <laughs> um, what the inaptly named Chad does not is that, is that, Jesus is the fulfillment of the sacrificial system who brings in the Gentiles, a light for revelation to Gentiles. Um, the, the salvation prepared in the presence of all the peoples. Um, uh, he's, he gets it not because he misunderstood the Old Testament, not because it was not because uh the, the Messiah is some retconning of these passages it's because he knew his Bible and he read these passages and because he had the Holy Spirit, because he saw that Jesus is the fulfillment of all these things and that it is his, um, uh, that, that it is his sacrifice bringing in the Gentiles that, that fulfills the sacrificial system. So anyway, just wanted to go through all that. It, it, it was, a. uh, uh a little more expansive um, than I had thought, but there you go. You get lots of Bible study on this episode of the Anarchist Bible Study, uh, and uh, and so take the opportunity now to like, share, comment, rate, five stars, please, um, and uh, uh, and uh, and yeah. Uh, let uh, let someone know, um, you know, if they're if they're falling for Chad's arguments, um, <laughs> uh, that uh, 
that this is uh, uh, so send them send them this show um, send them send them the the preambling for this week too because that was really fun uh, <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah this um, uh, so uh, yeah anyway um, we we appreciate anything you can do to help us grow this show uh, particularly particularly if you can help us grow this show by two more YouTube subscribers as I, uh, um, as I record this, it's just two more YouTube subscribers and then we'll be able to mirror our channel, uh, and, uh, and, and secure it against the ravages of, of perhaps censorship, um, and so forth. So, um, that would be nice. Um, so you guys can do it. Put us over the line. Help us, help us be be able to get that done. Uh, and in the meantime, we'll see you next next week when we take Anarchy to Church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. Grace and peace. <laughs>